Welcome to the Foundations Church Podcast. series called Scars, and this goes so well with what we're talking about. And as we started this series, and I'm, I'm just going to let you know, today I'm, I'm, I'm very loose with my notes anyways, um, but today even more so because this is just a sermon that there's so much I have, and sometimes this can be a really heavy message uh, that, that I'm just going to go and flow, baby. It's like I'm freestyle rapping up here, but I'm preaching. So um, if you would, anyways, I need to stay focused, though, when I do that. We're in a series called Scars, and I asked at the beginning of this this past week on my, on my Facebook that, hey, if you have a scar, if it's appropriate, and only if it's appropriate, send me the picture or post it on my timeline, and I'm going to say congratulations, church. Growing equals changing. Nobody sent me an inappropriate picture. Way to go. Um, yeah, good time. So, um, but I, I was wondering if anybody would send anything or mention anything, and man, you guys did. You guys came out of the woodwork, and I, I loved the stories that came in. I loved uh, the pictures that were shown, and there were some really, really great ones, and so I want to share two funny ones that I really thought were great. Um, one was texted to me by Chad Craig. I know he's here in this service right now, and he sent me a picture of when he was in sixth grade, um, summer of sixth grade, I am assuming, I'm pretty sure. He got a scar because, well, he got an injury, a big injury on his leg because there was no plug in the handlebar and the brakes didn't work on his bike. Uh, However, Chad's like, I just got done fixing the brakes before this injury happened and I went and all of a sudden, don't you know it, I I wreck, I injure myself. It keeps me from being able to play seventh grade football because the injury was so bad. He sent a picture of it um, that he he received when he was a sixth grader. I loved what he said. He said, I couldn't play seventh grade football, but I was still healthy enough to work on the farm. Isn't that about right? You're like, yeah. Yeah, you're not that hurt, son. You can still do it. So um, the other one came from Marvin Crisp. He said, while in Locust Grove at my home in the country, I decided to venture outside and climb on top of our shed, which I had been told not to do. I was five or six, so of course I didn't listen and climbed on top, falling onto a barbed wire fence and knocking myself out. My parents rushed me to Pryor Hospital, and by this time, I wasn't in trouble as they were happy I was simply alive. (laughs) Life lesson, if you're going to do something your parents told you not to do, and you're going to get injured, make it worth it, right? Make it extreme. that's a really bad lesson, um, but you might not get in trouble. So, um, but but here's what I loved about the, the whole stories coming in. It was so fun to hear people reminisce about wounds they received and scars that they have from those wounds. Because what I know is that for most of us, you'll get a bruise, and especially the older you get, you don't remember a bruise. You're like, how'd you get bruised? I got no idea, right? Like, I have no clue. Now I just blame it on Charlie and Chloe. Both my girls, I'm like, they hit me. Um, but, you know, I, 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 I don't know how I got a bruise. I don't know how I got a scratch. But most of us watching online or here, 
when you have a scar from a wound, a wound that was bad enough to leave a scar, there's a story behind that scar, right? And, and for a lot of us, they're a fantastic story. I mean, and, and people love to share the story. Like Chad was sharing a story about sixth grade, you know, and, and Marvin was sharing a story when he was five and six, and I'm not being mean. These guys are both over 50 years old. Um, that's a nice way to say they're old. Um, and so these guys are in their 50s, and yet they remember what happened in sixth grade, and they remember what happened when they were five and six years old. We remember our wounds that cause scars. And while we share a lot of our stories and why we share a lot of the things that we endured and things that hurt us, there are some things that I realize that are just too painful to share still. There, there's some things that are just so personal and, and, and it's almost like some scars, you can still feel the residual effect. You can still feel pain every once in a while. That there's still pain that you feel even though there's a scar. And really probably the most painful wounds are the wounds you can't see. There's some of us, we, we can't even begin to talk about our wounds and our scars. Because our wounds and our scars have to deal with abuse. Whether that was in a marriage, whether that was when you were a child, whether that is emotionally, physically, verbally, you've gone through abuse, and, and, and you, don't even, you, you don't even know where to start. Some of you, it was an affair. Some of you, it was divorce. And, and you're, still you're still struggling to work through this. For, for some of us, it has been names we have been called while, while growing up. It's amazing to me that I know grown men they can tell you every name they were called in mid-high. I can tell you names I was called in mid-high. Somebody standing here. But yet I can barely tell you encouragement I received in mid-high. It was there. Why? Those, those names left wounds that left scars, right? There, there's others of us, we've been bullied. There's others of us that life just haven't turned out. Some of us, we're dealing with loss of loved ones. And it's been a while, and yet that wound still feels very, very open. And there are some wounds, and there are some scars that are just simply still too painful to talk about. And I would love to stand up here and say, hey, here's why you got hurt. But when you go through those moments and when you go through those things, it leaves you with questions that sometimes there's just not a good answer for. And we're here, and you're here, and you said, man, you know, how, how could this have happened? I should have been more careful. And, and the bigger one is this, that, that there's simply not a good answer to. Why did God let this happen? If God loves me, if God's crazy about me, why would he let this happen in my life? Because God doesn't like me, or I wouldn't be treated like this. In fact, I talked to my sister this past week. You talked to somebody that said, man, God doesn't like me. If, if, if God liked me, my life wouldn't look like this. And today, I, I'm not going to offer you the why behind it because I simply don't have the answer to why it happened. But what I can tell you is this, is if you are there and if you're at that place where you're just asking why and there are wounds and there are scars that still hurt and you're still working through, hear me today. Understand God's love for you far exceeds your feelings for him. Right? This may be the biggest thing that you need to take away today. And, and when we're hurt and when we're dealing with pain, this is really hard to hear. But understand 
God's love for you far exceeds your feelings for him. It always has. It always will. So today I want to talk to us about how do you allow a wound to turn into a scar? How do you allow a wound to turn into a scar? Because, man, there's going to be times where we're wounded, where we're hurt. And how do you not just let that wound stay a wound, but how do you let it heal to a scar? A scar is defined as this, a mark remaining after injured tissue has healed. How do you allow the wound to heal into a scar? Our text today is going to be found in Mark chapter 9. Mark chapter 9, verses 17 through verses 27. Mark 9, 17 through 27, and it says this, A man in the crowd answered, talking to Jesus, Jesus, teacher, I brought you my son who is possessed by a spirit that has robbed him of his speech. Whenever it seizes him, it throws him to the ground. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. I asked your disciples to drive out the spirit, but they couldn't. You unbelieving generation, Jesus replied, how long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. So they brought him. When the spirit saw Jesus, it immediately threw the boy into a convulsion. He fell to the ground and rolled around, foaming at the mouth. And Jesus asked the boy's father, how long has he been like this? From childhood, he answered. It has often thrown him into the fire or water to kill him. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. If you can, Jesus said, everything is possible for the one who believes. Immediately, the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. And when Jesus saw that a crowd was running to the scene, He rebuked the impure spirit. You deaf and mute spirit, he said, I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. The spirit shrieked, convulsed him violently, and came out. The boy looked so much like a corpse that many said, he's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him to his feet, and he stood up. Sometimes when we read the Bible, we read these stories. We know that many of us are familiar with this story. And we read it, and we kind of become numb to the father's situation. We, we, it just becomes a story instead of life. And I want us to go back and look at two verses that are here that probably we've read through a hundred times, but we've never really focused on it. And it's verse 21 and 22. It says this, Jesus asked the boy's father, how long has he been like this? From childhood, he answered. It has often thrown him into fire or water to kill him. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. Here's what I want us to understand about that. Before we get into the whole everything else, this has been going on for a long time. This situation that this father has been having to deal with, it's been happening for a long time. In fact, Jesus says, how many, how many, how long has this been going on? How long has he been like this? And he says, from childhood, and he says, it has often thrown him into the fire and the water. That means if my kid falls into the fire, I'm going to remember how many times, right? Like, that's not good parenting. That's just parenting. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, yeah, Charlie fell in the fire again. No, 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 no. This has happened. <laughs> this has happened so many times that his answer is, Often, I I can't even remember. 
If you have ever been burned, which probably most of us have, I got, the, the one time I remember getting burned as a kid, you remember when your parents had an electric skillet that plugged into the wall? And then, yes, some of you are like, yes, I get that. And, and they fried chicken in it. I don't know if I was reaching for a high C because we weren't rich enough to have Capri Suns. Um, but I don't know if I was reaching up from some high C, but my hand right here hit the side of that electric skillet and it burned it. And I was like, ah! And so there's still a little bit of a scar on my hand where you can see I got burned. You remember where you got burned. This has happened so many times. This has gone on so long that he says, it's happened often. It's been like this since he's been small, since childhood. And it came to a place and it came to a point. He meets the disciples. And if I'm this dad, I'm like, yes, Here's my chance. And I take them to the disciples, and the disciples can't help. And so now, if the disciples can't help, and you're best buds with Jesus, why is it going to be any different once I come and bring my kid to Jesus? And so we come to this place where he says, take pity on us and help us. Help us. And this dad shows us the first step if your wound is ever going to become a scar. If your wounds are ever going to become a scar and heal, you've got to acknowledge that you got hurt. Somewhere along the line of life, you've got to acknowledge that you got hurt. When my youngest daughter, Chloe, was little, we would wrestle and I would pretend to spank her butt when I wasn't spanking her butt. Um, and my wife's like, you can't say that. I'm like, oh yes, I can. But um, we were wrestling around, and anytime we would wrestle around and play in, if I spanked her rear or just kind of pushed her over, she would get up on top of the bed and be like, that didn't hurt, like that, right at me. And she would like, do it again, that didn't hurt. And I would, you know, I would start wrestling that, and, you know, and, and so we came to this place where that didn't hurt, you know. And, and so now, when Chloe was little and Charlie was little, I would always say, you can hit me as hard as you can, right here, right here. And they'd hit me, and I'd go, that didn't hurt right right to them right at him. Well, now they're 15 and 13, and they just come up and nail me. And I, before they hit me, now I'm like, don't, 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 don't hit. I get the big eyes. I'm like, don't hit me. Why? I'm like, because it hurts, right? I'm like, I, I don't like, you hurt now when you hit me, right? The only way they don't get to keep hurting me is by acknowledging that it hurts. And some of us in this place, we have just been going through life We've been living life and just pretending that it didn't hurt, pretending it didn't affect us, moving from relationship to relationship, from, from issue to issue, pretending that it didn't hurt. And here's the problem with this, is that we fail to address what we fail to acknowledge. We will never address what we refuse to acknowledge. And for some of us, it's a pride thing. For some of us, it's the way, only way we knew to make it through. But some of you, the problem is, you've got an open wound that you've never addressed, you've never acknowledged, and here's the issue. You bring that wound into relationship after relationship, into opportunity after opportunity, and why does everything become septic? It's because your soul is septic, because you've never acknowledged that somewhere along the line, you got hurt. You got wounded, and you failed to allow the great physician to address a wound that you refuse to acknowledge. Man, if you're wounded, but Justin, it's too painful. Justin, it's too hard. I'm not saying this is going to be easy. 
But if you're going to heal, you're going to have to address, you're going to have to acknowledge that you have a wound that needs to be addressed. Mark 9, 23, the dad says, if Jesus says to the dad, if you can, said Jesus, everything is possible for the one who believes. And immediately the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. And this sentence here, I've talked about it before, but I, I think so many of us relate to that. I do believe. I want to believe. But help me, overcome my, help me overcome my doubt. Justin, I know God can heal this wound. I know God can heal this pain. I know God can heal this heartbreak. I know God can do something good out of this. Man, I've got a lot of doubt, though. I know he can. I'm just not sure if he will. And that's where that dad is. I've been carrying it. I've been dealing with this so long. I know he can. I'm just not sure if he will. But if it's going to be the, the, the first step in your wound becoming and healing into a scar is that you take time to acknowledge that somewhere along the line, it hurt. Man, somewhere along the line, it broke your heart. It crushed your soul. And I love what the psalmist says. In Psalms 109, verse 21 through 22, it says, But you, O God, the Lord, show kindness to me. For your name's sake, because your loving kindness, your faithfulness and compassion is good, rescue me. For I am suffering and needy, and my heart is wounded within me. Some of you, this is, this, is, this is the prayer for you this week. And maybe you need to reverse it. I'm suffering and needy, and my heart is wounded within me. But God, Lord, show kindness to me for your namesake, because your loving kindness, your faithfulness, and compassion is good. And rescue me. First step to your wound becoming a scar is that you choose to acknowledge you got hurt. The second thing is this. You have to understand that God wants to heal you so you can move on. Sounds a little heartless, but, but stick with me. God wants to heal you so you can move on and keep living life. Keep living this life that he said, I have come that you may have life and have it to the full or have it more abundantly. That God wants to heal you so that you can move on and step into the plan and purpose he has for you. When I was a junior in college, um, a big group of us went to the water gardens in Fort Worth. Some of you, if you know Fort Worth, you know what I'm talking about. And we played wiffle ball and we played tackle the man with the football, right? And um, at the end of tackle, this, this ended tackle the man with the football. Um, I was running with the football, and one of my buddies, David, sorry little sucker, um, he clipped me from behind, and my kneecap went all the way out, dislocated. So if you're queasy, I'm going to show this picture in three seconds. I'm going to invite you to close your eyes. If you're watching online, it's going to flash on your screen. I'm going to invite you to close your eyes in three, one, two, three. This was my kneecap. Now, it's fuzzy. But you can see it touching the ground there, right? That little indention is where my knee's supposed to be, right? Some of you are like, why is it so fuzzy? Because I'm that old. You're just lucky it's not in black and white pictures, okay? Didn't have an iPhone back then, okay? Shut up. Even if I did, it would have been a Samsung. Um, so 
Um, you can take that off so everybody can open their eyes. Um, here. Can I tell you, it hurt. It hurt so bad. Um, the, the miracle is I didn't cuss when it happened, okay? There's miraculous there. But I remember I, I couldn't move. I'm down. I'm out. Nobody could touch it. In fact, the, the, the finger's pointing to my kneecap. That's Greg Fisher, our business administrator. Um, he's like holding my knee in his hands. And I'm like, don't touch it, fish. It hurts too bad. Um, so we had to, because we were deep into this place. There, the ambulance paramedics had to come get me on a stretcher because I was a big sissy. And they had to put it in a, like a, a stent or what, whatever you call it. And they moved me to the hospital. And the way they got the knee back is they just pulled on my leg and it popped back into place. Um, fantastic. <laughs> here's what didn't, here's, here's the scenario that didn't play out, Okay. Here, I didn't lay down in the water gardens and say, oh, I'm, I'm done, guys. I'm out. It was a good ride. 20 years was amazing. But I can't go on like this. You know what I'm saying? I, I, just leave, leave me. I'm worthless here. I'm worthless. No. 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 I, 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 they got me to a hospital. My knee got popped back in place. And I went through physical therapy to make sure that I recovered from my injury. I kept moving on, right? The, the, the injury was part of my story, but it's not, it's not my identity. See, there's a healing that happens so that you can, so you can move on, so you can live this abundant life. And in John chapter 5, it talks about this. There's, there's this story of Jesus when he goes to the pool of Bethesda, surrounded by all these paralyzed people. And there's a guy that's been there for 38 years. He's been a beggar for 38 years. And before Jesus heals him, he asks this question, do you want to get well? Or he asks this question, do you want to get well? Why? Because this guy's injury, this guy's situation, all of a sudden has become his identity. Right? If you ask what this man, well, I'm a beggar, I'm a paralyzed man. And Jesus says, man, before I... He doesn't say this. I, I, I'm, this is the JG version, the Justin Gray's version. Before, before I heal you, let me ask you this. Do you want to get well? Do you want to get, do you, do you want, because Jesus wasn't healing him so that he could still camp out and stay at the a pool of Bethesda and remain a beggar. No, he healed him so that he could pick up his mat and move on with his life. And your injury, your wound was never, ever supposed to be your identity. Who you are, you may have been divorced. You're not supposed to be, well, I'm just a divorcee. You may have been abused. You're not supposed to be, I've just been a victim of abuse. No, he wants to heal you so that you can move on. And it's part of your story. But man, your identity is in something way, way bigger than that. Way bigger than that. Because here's what happens. If, if not, what happens? If there was no healing that came to my knee, you know what? I'm going to be reluctant to use it. Well, what if it hurts again? What if there's pain? I, I'm, I'm going to make sure nobody hurts it. Nothing hurts it because they're never, I never addressed it. There wasn't healing that came on so that I could move on. So I'm going to, man, just, just kind of, tip, I'm missing the word here, I'm going to compensate, there it is, it's a big word, no wonder I can think of it, um, I'm going to compensate for my knee, and so I'm not going to use it the way that God intended me to use it, I'm not going to use it the way that it was created to be used, 
I'm going to compensate for it. I'm going to make, well, that might hurt. Oh, I can't do that. And we do the same thing with our wounds. We do the same thing with our hearts. We do the same thing with trust. What if they lie to me again? That person's never lied to you, but you're bringing your wound in from a past relationship and putting your issue as their motive. Right? Well, well, I can't can't open my heart up again because I got burned with friendships. I've been in an abusive relationship, and you're just waiting for the relationship to turn sour. You're just waiting for the people to start talking about you. You're just waiting to get burned. You're just waiting to get hurt. And can I tell you that what has happened? You haven't moved on. Jesus came, and he wants to heal you, and he wants to address that wound so that it can become a scar, and you can move on, and you can live life to the full. I love, love, love this verse, and many of us know this verse. Psalms 147, verse 3 through 4, says, he heals the broken and hearted and binds up their wounds. And we know this. We know this, right? You're like, there it is. I knew it was coming. But I love verse 4 just as much. And it says, he determines the number of the stars and calls them each by name. I started doing some research because I'm like, okay, number of stars. What, what is the number of stars? And this is a whole wormhole that I could go down forever that I'm going to get myself in trouble. But so the universe is ever expanding. Physicists know that the universe is ever expanding, which means God is still creating, which blows my mind. Um, so the, in the known universe, a, a very conservative number, scientists, physicists believe that in the known universe, there are one septillion stars in our universe, in our known universe. So some of you are like, and you had a problem with compensating, but you can say septillion just right off the bat. One septillion stars is a one with 24 zeros after it, okay? Huge number. And I love this. So, so scientists say this, that there are more stars in our universe than there are grains of sand on our beaches all over the earth. Think of that. And what I love is this, is that God calls them each by name. He calls such a bit, like he doesn't just know where they are, he calls them each by, and you thought your name for your next kid was long. He knows them each by name. And if God can do something that big, let me tell you, he can zero in and he knows right what you're dealing with. And he knows right what's going on with you. And he knows your name. He sees you. He knows you. And let him bring healing so you can move on. Because understand, your scar has a story and your story has power. Your scar has a story, right? Just like all of us shared. And your story, it's got power to it. There's power. I think of Joseph. Well, think of this. He was sold. He was betrayed. Sold by his brothers. Betrayed, lied about, forgotten about, accused of rape, all these things in prison. And Joseph never did anything wrong. And yet, through every situation, right in the pit, it says, but the Lord was with Joseph. How could could God let this happen? The Lord was still with Joseph. How How could God let Joseph be accused of rape? The Lord was still with Joseph. How could God let Joseph go to prison? The Lord was still with 
Joseph. And at the end of the, almost the end of Joseph's life, in Genesis chapter 50, 50, verse 20, he says something, and you guys know this verse, I know this verse. He says this, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. You may not understand it, the wound that you're receiving, you may not understand how good could ever come of it, but hear me, if you will allow it, God will turn it into part of your story that will turn into good. The very thing that tried to take you out will be a part of your deliverance story, if you will allow it. I loved what Tara Morrison sent me. She sent a a picture to Facebook, and I I just covered, I, I responded to her, I was like, hey, Tara, can you send me the full story to this? Um, because there's power in your story, and I would love to know the full story. And would you care if I shared it on a Sunday morning? And she's like, no, absolutely. Um, and, and she sent this picture to my Facebook, if you'll put this up. She says, this is a very personal side of me, but these are my mental health scars. I'm not ashamed of them. I grew up in a loving family, no abuse, no trauma, but I always felt different. I struggled with friendships and relationships, really. I felt I wasn't good enough, and I just truly hated myself. My self-harm came in many different forms, but these are just some of the outward scars that can be seen. My addiction was men. I needed to feel wanted and desired. I thought that if I could just get the attention I so desperately needed, I would feel complete, but I was wrong. Once I became an adult, the abusive relationships were something that was normal. Like I deserved all of the abuse that I was getting. In 2011, I got divorced once again, and it was then at my lowest point in my life where I decided that the path I was leading was not the one I wanted any longer. I was so full of shame and embarrassment. I hurt my children, my family, and I let God down. How in the world could he love such a mess like me? But through therapy and a lot of prayer, God revealed to me that I am enough. Jesus died for me. As undeserving as I am, it was me he thought of while hanging on the cross. What an amazing God. It was almost two years of really working on myself and praying that if God wanted a man in my life, he would provide it. And this is where Chris comes in. He is truly a gift from my God. I have been eight years free from self-harm. I won't lie, it's a struggle sometimes, but I know God has my back. And when I say he, man, when I say he is the healer of all things broken, I believe that with all my heart. And I'm not ashamed and I'm not embarrassed because God has used me in ways I never thought possible. Can I tell you, your story has power. Man, your scar is a story and your story has power. Don't believe me? Ask Nate. Man, Nate, your story has power. There's testimony and there's lives being changed because you were an addict, but it's not become your identity. It's just become part of your story. Brandon, man, I know there's been pain, Brendan Hayes. I know there's, why did I get cancer? Why did I go through all this stuff? But man, it's part of, it's not who you are. You are not a survivor of cancer. You are somebody who God is still doing stuff and you are living a full and eventful and just abundant life that God has called you to hear me today. I don't know what your background is. I don't know what your wound is, but if you will allow it, God will take the very thing that tried to take you out, that tried to harm you, and he will use it for the good to influence other people, to influence other lives, and to bring ministry and healing to other people's lives. 
I'm done with this because I have to be and I keep reaching, but Rick Warren said this. He says, other people are going to find healing in your wounds. Your greatest life messages and your most effective ministry will come out of your deepest hurts. I'm telling you, it's true. And it may not feel like it now. But let me ask you what Jesus asked the beggar. Do you want to get well? Do you want to get well? Because he came here that you may have an abundant life. So that your scars, man, it's just like terror. It's part of your story. And he uses it to bring ministry to others. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. And God, I, I pray right now there would just be this holy moment that we have with you. But God, there's a lot of us, we've been trying to walk it off. The thing that hurt us, just, just pretend that it didn't hurt, and we're going to keep going. But Lord, there's some things we can't walk off. There's some things we just can't ignore, and it's not going to make it better. And so, God, right now in this place, you, the, the God that numbers the stars and gives them each a name, you see us. And Lord, despite how we feel about you, despite all the questions, your love for us far exceeds our feelings for you. And today I pray that there would be healing of wounds that happen. That you would heal the broken and hearted and you would bind up wounds today. I want to do this this morning with heads bowed, eyes closed. Today, if you're here, you may be at home, you may be here. You say, Justin, I'm here. I'm just wounded Man, I'm broken, I'm, I'm doubtful, I'm angry, I'm confused. If that's you, would you just be brave enough right now just to raise your hand or just to look at me? Yeah. Either one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's hands up everywhere. There's eyes looking at me everywhere. Anyone else? Jesus, you see every hand. But more importantly, you see every heart. You see every wound. You see every disappointment. You see the doubt. You see the anger. You see us. And right now in our seats, right now at our home, I pray that a healing would come. Because God, we want to get well. We want to get well. So this morning, we acknowledge, God, we've been hurt, we've been burned, and we want to get well, and we want to get better. And so, Lord, I pray that you would come in and you would do what only you can do. And God, it may take time, and it may be a process, but let us realize you want to heal us so that we can move on and function in this life like you've created us to function. You want to heal us so that it can be part of our story and testimony and not our identity. Lord, I pray right now that we would understand there is so much power in the testimony that you want to give us. But first, we need to heal. And so I pray that healing and strength love and that you would just be near to the broken and hearted right now and you would move and you would work in Jesus name I pray with heads bowed eyes closed today if you're here and you say Justin I'm here 
Truth be told, I've never asked Jesus Christ to be the Lord and Savior of my life. We want to give you a chance to change that. Today you may be here and maybe you need to recommit your life to Him. Because you know, nobody has to, you know this. You know you're not where you should be when it comes to your relationship with Jesus Christ. Nobody can make that change for you but you. When I get to three, if that's you, I'm just going to invite you to raise your hand and we're going to lead you in a prayer. One, two, three. Is there anyone here today? You say, Justin, that's me. Yeah, yeah. Is there anyone else? You say, Justin, that's me. Before we go any further, you say, Justin, that's me. Anyone else? If you raise your hand, if you please repeat this prayer after me, mean it from your heart. Jesus, I come before you today. I confess that I've sinned and that I've messed up, but I ask for your forgiveness. God, I turn away from the life that I was living, and I repent of it, and I turn to you, and I grab hold of the life you have for me. I confess you, Jesus Christ, to be the Lord and Savior of my life. I'm going to live for you the rest of my days. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thanks so much for listening to our podcast. If you have any questions or in need of prayer or would like to join a connect group, feel free to email me at Nicole at foundationschurch.tv.